0: policy radio offering a unique perspective on everything geopolitics culture creation the reality of the world we live
1: in
0: coming to you live from new york city your host pierce redmond
2: Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Porkins Policy Radio. As always, I am your host, Pierce Redmond, and you can find this show here at American Freedom Radio, AmericanFreedomRadio.com, as well as on my website, which is PorkinsPolicyReview.com. And uh, for people that are new to the show, there are lots of ways to listen. Of course, you can listen here live. Uh, you can also listen on Friday nights. I'm rebroadcast on a host of other stations uh as well as uh Ed Opperman's uh, uh Spreaker channel and uh you can find me on iTunes and also on Ed's iTunes. I'm also on TuneIn uh and Stitcher. Um, and we're gonna get I think Google Play is just about ready to go. I just gotta figure out a few little you know quirks and things like that. Uh of course on YouTube as well. Uh and you can also uh just you know old school download it directly uh from my website. So lots of ways to listen to the show. Of course, if you want to support me, then you can always become a patron of mine on Patreon. Uh, so you can just go to patreon.com slash Pierce Redmond. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can support me and the work I do. And that, of course, gives you access to the bonus podcast, uh, which I do once a month. And, uh, we just had the, 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 uh, the most recent episode just came out a few days ago, I think, or maybe it was last week. Um, I can't, can't remember on the top of my head. Uh, but that was the, the final in the, a trilogy of episodes that Tom Secker and I did devoted to uh, one of our favorite TV shows, uh, the British version of House of Cards, the original uh, version from the 90s. So uh, it, definitely lots to explore uh, on Patreon and all that. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, I hope people are uh, signing up. I want to just briefly thank Victoria. For signing up to Patreon recently, uh, thank you so much, Victoria, and, uh, at a, a very, uh, I, I, you know, we'll have to make a new, uh, level, uh, for, uh, the, uh, for, pa- uh, Victoria's donation, because, uh, it was a, a very nice one. And I also wanted to, uh, quickly just thank Curtis, uh, who is another patron of mine, who sent me a very lovely email, uh, a week or so ago, and Curtis, I will be emailing you back, it's just been uh, extremely busy on my end um with you know thanksgiving and all that nonsense as well but anyway uh we are joined by a good friend of the show a frequent guest uh on 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 my show uh, I'm a frequent guest on his show of course our good friend Chuck O'Chelly Chuck how are you well, Pierce, I'm doing alright.
3: I, uh, I'm, I'm actually at the moment managing the three-year-old terrorist I live with, but, uh, <laughs> that would be my son. And, uh, you know, this is what I do during the day before I, uh, before the sun goes down and I try and do my thing. But, uh, anyway, I lost track of time today on you and everything, man. I don't usually do that. Uh,
2: so, here no, we are. Is fine. No, no, no worries. And I, I think, I, I want to say maybe one of the, I think, Maybe it was the second or third time, uh, we recorded something, uh, your son was, was making a, a whole lot of noise in the background. And, uh, I remember people, uh, you know, uh, emailing me and saying, you know, how much fun they, 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 like those sort of, those little, you know, the real life stuff, uh, that, that happens, uh, behind the scenes. So hopefully this will be another good episode, but, uh, well, Chuck, I wanted
3: hopefully to- ho- Hopefully you'll stay in a decent mood. You want to <laughs> say hi, bud? You want to say hi? Cause now you're standing next to me. Say hi. <laughs> Now Nothing. we're gonna be shy. Now yeah, we're gonna be right. shy with Sam. Yeah, yeah. Of course. He's gonna go chase the dog, probably. Okay. <laughs> anyway.
2: Be nice. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll right. see if we can get an interview later on. Um but, uh. <laughs> with him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You can, well, yeah, you can be our guest for the second hour. Um, cool. Well, uh, Chuck, I wanted to uh, have you on because, uh, you just recently returned from the 22nd annual JFK Lancer Conference in Dallas, Texas, for people that uh, were sort of uh, wrapped up in the Thanksgiving uh, insanity. Uh, they might have forgotten that uh, last Wednesday, November 22nd, was the 54th anniversary of the assassination of JFK. Uh, and of course, in recent weeks, we've seen a large amount of newly declassified documents that uh, have been released. Um you know not just because of uh, you know Trump uh, but we can get to that later so there's been a lot about JFK in the news as of late and as i said you just returned from the Lancer conference so uh Chuck how was the conference uh give us uh give us your uh you know uh, review of the JFK Lancer conference
3: well you know very interesting stuff um first it's it's hard to keep track of it. i was barely aware of it myself 24th actually uh Lancer <clears> conference and uh interesting stuff there we had uh researchers really from just about every generation represented because uh gary shaw was there uh john newman was there uh you know carmine sabastano was there uh, i presented um you had literally I mean, just about from every generation outside of Mary Farrell's generation, the very, very first people to look into it uh, being there. Of course, most of the people that were of the older guard kind of knew Mary or whatever, um, which uh, is interesting because her name comes up again. The Mary Farrell Awards were given on uh, on Saturday night. Um, I received one of those myself uh, for being uh, someone who has advanced the education about the assassination in, uh, in my particular field, uh, which is independent media. So um, that's interesting. I uh, It was, let's say, me, Jefferson Morley, Russ Baker, uh, each got awards. And, of course, I think John Newman got a, like, a Lifetime Achievement Award, which he deserves extremely well. Um, there were other individuals. Randy Robertson was there. Uh Let's see. Who else? Well, there was, uh, uh you know, off the top of my head, it's hard to go now. Let me think. think uh, Andrew, Andrew Krieg, right? Andrew Krieg, that's true. Um Rose Jeremy's son was there. Um, well, I don't know if you're familiar with the story of Rose Sherry. Mary Ann Mormon, who was an assassination witness and actually took the uh, Polaroid photograph, which, believe it or not, if you've ever seen a presentation on JFK, I can guarantee you if there was visual aids involved, you saw Mary Mormon's Polaroid. It's a black and white, and it's the image that they literally drew Badge Man out of. Um, so she was there, actually, and taking uh, questions. Um, of course, Deborah Conway, Larry Hancock, Stu Wexler. I mean, it, it's more than 30 people spoke, and also the guys uh, came back and gave us a report from the mock trial that had taken place in Houston on uh, Thursday and Friday, I think it was. So it was it was definitely an interesting um, array of characters, giving you a different uh, perspective, and a lot of it having to do with these recent releases now. Um little bit of an update for maybe maybe this is a little bit inside baseball, but I don't care. I'll give it to you and I and we can talk about it again tonight because you're going to do my show tonight, uh,
1: yes,
3: <laughs> which we're going to get a little report from Russia during your hour. But mm. anyway, uh, we'll see how that goes. Um Interesting thing, uh people have, you know, bandied back and forth these different numbers about the amount of documents which have been released. People are very unaware of the fact that there have been two additional document dumps uh beyond the date, and some people feel like, well, see, there it is. Trump is following through on his promise. He's going to release everything, even though he gave in to a nearly zero hour um hmm. <sighs> submission from the, the intelligence agencies, actually more than one agency, but the CIA primarily. Um, but more than one agency, even the FBI got in on the act, it looks like, uh, requesting, hey, look, we need more time with this, even though they had 25 years to prepare for the document. dump. <laughs> yeah. Here's the interesting thing. All these numbers coming out. Oh, well, we released 3000 files and there's only 300 more things that are being withheld. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, that's a bold faced lie. Um, there is not 300 documents being held as the MSM is represented, you know, nothing to see here. They've just withheld a few things now in comparison. Um, they're not only lying, they're lying by a factor of more than 10, possibly 11, 12, uh, because based on our calculations and known documentation that has not come out, not to mention the unknown documentation, by the way, um, i I'm, I'm going to tell you that let, let, let's be conservative. There are thirty thousand documents that are being withheld at this time um and even if we take out the additional thirteen thousand that were dropped away you know uh let's see right before the conference, which was the week before Thanksgiving that weekend before right before the conference we got thirteen thousand documents that nobody had a chance to go through um guess what still there's over 30,000 pieces um, that are in government hands that now we have absolutely no way of telling when they're going to release them because even though the, well, the thing is they can withhold this stuff indefinitely again. All Trump had to do honestly is nothing and all of it would have come out. Um, But that's not the way it went.
2: (laughs) Yes. So, and Also, it just Chuck, I, I mean, I'm I'm sure we're probably preaching to the choir here, but so much hay has been made out of Donald Trump and these documents. And, of course, Donald Trump has, um uh, I don't know, portrayed himself as something of a JFK truther, of course, with his accusations about Ted Cruz's father being part of the assassination. And... You know, like the same way that Donald Trump is a 9-11 truth or people buy into this. But the actual um, release of documents really actually had nothing to do with Donald Trump. Correct. I mean, these documents were set to be released at this particular date. And Trump is just um, taking credit for something he had nothing to do with. Right.
3: Well, point of fact, the law was signed into existence by another president named Clinton. Uh, Well, wait a minute. No, hold on. The cabinet agency, the agency which was brought into existence under the executive branch of the government, technically speaking, the Assassination Records Review Board, um, that agency was brought into existence by Bill Clinton. The law itself was actually signed into existence by George H.W. Bush. Mm. Okay. This is the, you know, that 25 years I keep mentioning. Yes. Yeah. Because 25 years ago, your president was H.W. Bush. And, uh, there you go. And then there, going into the Clinton administration, he actually enacted the law, which had the power of subpoena, but didn't have any sort of, uh, consequential actions that could be taken. Uh, they, they could demand during the time that the board existed that they, Uh, uh, get documents from both public and private hands that included the agencies and, uh, even the Zapruder film. Hello, Frankie. Uh, was brought into exit, you know, was brought into the, uh, uh, record collection, uh, in a way, but, uh, which at, at great expense, by the way, millions of dollars paid to the Zapruder family. Yet another interesting story there. Uh, and, and the government did not retain the copyright either, thanks. They donated that along with the, uh, along with a copy of the film to, uh, the sixth floor museum as a tax (laughs) write-off. Really? So, yeah, uh, that, that's a whole other story. But here's the fascinating thing, right? So this, this board existed, went out of business in the late nineties. And, uh, you know, Frankie's playing with the dog here, so it's a little, uh, little distracting. I apologize. But, uh. No worries. Um. But the thing is that uh, uh all that had to happen here again is for Trump to do absolutely nothing. <laughs> okay? Mm. Like in other words if he took no action, all of these things were going to come out as a matter of compulsory right. follow through on the law and the release process which was established well over two decades ago. And uh, again, the request, which, you know, some of them, we, we have evidence that they came in literally at the last hour uh, that a request could be made to the uh, president uh, was made. And there you go. Um, and, and meanwhile, we're still scrambling to figure out the exact numbers of documents being withheld because here's the fun part. You can't call the National Archives and say how many documents are classified because, that's classified. Um, so right. you would uh, have to like put
2: yeah. in a very specific request uh, through FOIA and hope that they would respond by saying either this is classified, you can't get it or we can't find it, you know, which is a very ambiguous. What does that mean? You can't find it, that it exists, but you've misplaced it or you can't find it. You know, you're never going to get it. So. Of course, there's no easy way of actually determining uh, what's being withheld, what's not being withheld, what's, you know, is, I don't know, going through a paper shredder or something.
3: Well, that's the interesting thing, too, is that there's allegations that there might have been uh, a destructive process that took place once, you know, people stopped paying attention to the ARRB. Now, I don't have any way of verifying that, but I have my suspicions, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Um and when we take a look at some of the, uh, uh, really literal nonsense, it, it, it's, it's making some researchers just, you know, ho-hum a bit. It's making others of us kind of angry. And, uh, I'm waiting to see what, uh, a very, you know, responsible and meticulous individual like Dr. John Newman is going to say about this because he stated that, uh, that we needed to wait through the process. We've gotten, some really illeg- illegible crap, okay, that's a difficult word for me to say, sorry, illegible <laughs> crap, which has come through. We've gotten things that are clearly and absolutely and obviously missing uh, based on the, the sheets. And meanwhile, you know what, is there anybody to guide us through this stuff except the crazy researchers who are going to dig through themselves? Guess what? No. What hmm. did the MSM show you? Oh, well, there's slightly suspicious stuff here, but nothing to see. And what did the, uh, you know, <laughs> alleged alternative media do? Look, Hitler's alive. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. You know, if you read the document, uh, okay. And, hey, we have proof of shots from the front, and we have proof of this. And, actually, if you read the document, it's an easy-to-destroy to, to position. Who was the philosopher that said the best way? to uh to make sure that a position is absolutely destroyed is to defend it poorly i forget Mm. but you know it makes a lot of sense here's your here's your poor defense controlled opposition go out there and tell them that this is the conspiracy theory so that the rational and observant among them can easily destroy it and we can move on with business and meanwhile as i stated Everybody who thought, hey, look, it's all over with. We've gotten everything. And, of course, if you follow Trump's Twitter account, I did everything. I gave you all the documents <laughs> yeah, yeah. better than anybody else could have. Right. Uh, which, again, he doesn't run the National Archives, and he didn't enact the JFK Records Collection Act. And, quite honestly, if you want to get real direct about it, um, Trump could sign an executive order demanding that all of this stuff be released Without further delay. <laughs> so, but but is well, if, he, if he if he's to
2: be believed, he could tell us who actually was the mastermind behind 9 11, like he said he would. You know, he he could he could figure that. You know, he could tell us. I'm sure. I'm sure they've told him and you know enough. Uh, one would think, or you know, I mean, if it, it, if he's this the man that he says he is, like you said, I mean, he could sign an, an order release all of this stuff.
3: Well, you, you know what it'll be though, it, uh, if we get the same kind of accuracy from him on 9-11 that we got on the JFK, uh, case, you know, Ted Cruz's dad being involved, which by the way is, is entirely fictitious. And thank you, Wayne Madsen for giving us yet another migraine headache. Um, you know, I really, I got a middle finger up for him. I know you can't see it at home, but I got one up for him. Um, bottom line is that uh if, if we're looking for that kind of accuracy out of Trump when it comes to 9-11, then I'm assuming the Democrats did it and maybe Hillary had right, commanded right. the planes <laughs> yeah, yeah strike the towers and whatever. Um, look, uh, people latched on to certain things. Hey, look, they lied about the Iraq war. Everybody went, because <gasps> nobody had really said that before who was in a position of authority or could be in a position of authority. So, look, he's going to tell us the truth. I mean, I heard everything, man. He's going to get rid of vaccines. He's going to take on big pharma. Meanwhile, what's the first thing he did? Give them a tax break, and he's not so fond of taking on vaccines after all. Uh, oh no, he's meeting with Bobby Kennedy Jr. You don't understand. Yes, turns out, right. that's I forgot not,
2: all about that.
3: Yeah, it turns out that's not true. See, it's it's libertarian bait. It's uh, it, it's truth or bait. And uh that's what they've used. And much like a roach motel, many of you have been captured in it. And how's that glue feeling? Because <laughs> it's just the same old crap in a new package. And like I said before, Bush became Bush Dark and the new black became the new orange. And really, the agenda has not changed. And, yeah, I know some of that was very racist, what I just said. But this is America, and it does seem to fit. Um Look, <laughs> the reality I'm sorry I'm going to be brash and brazen about it why not because we live in a time where we're going to sit here and defend uh you know uh one guy who who is alleged to have been uh what molesting 14 year old girls and things that's okay because he's going to vote for tax reform but on the other side the comedian's a bad guy because Mm. uh maybe he had done something inappropriate and meanwhile this is the new normal anyway and uh let's not even bother to look at the evidence let's have people stepping down and giving up on things cuz after all nobody makes uh, unfounded statements in the media especially not politicians do they pierce <laughs> no oh, yeah. i'm sorry maybe um, maybe my my lsd is wearing off or something i'm not sure <laughs> sorry man i i you know what it is i'm trying to wrap a lot of things around this because it, it it just represents to me the silliness. Uh like I said, if you follow Trump's Twitter account and you believe everything that comes out of there, he's already taken care of this, it's all over with. Uh the reality, just like hey, Puerto Rico's still a thing too. Um, you know, and the reality of, hey, there's other people that still don't have jobs, regardless of the fact that they feel better that the country is now in the hands of the smart businessman. Um mm-hmm. And, hey, the stock market's doing well, but has that actually changed, you know, your life on a daily basis? I do mean you, the listener. Probably not, but, hey, it's all good because as long as you believe it's reality, it's reality. And so long as Orange Julius tells you what's going on, uh, you can certainly follow that particular line of thought. Now I'm going to shut up because, you know what, Pierce, I've thrown a lot at you. And I know you probably
2: got some other questions. <laughs> well, I, I kind of wanted to uh, jump back to some of the, uh, the the documents that have come out. And, and speaking broadly about this dump of JFK documents, because um, in, in the second hour, I'm going to get into the uh, this cache of bin Laden documents uh, from the Abbottabad raid uh, and my thoughts on that and what might actually be happening there. But when uh when we're dealing with something like JFK or like the you know assassination of uh bin laden um there is obviously uh you know there there are true secrets with all of this there is obviously there is stuff that the CIA and the FBI and I assume other agencies uh forced trump to withhold or you know asked that they be uh, withheld um, and then there is also always the possibility of fake documents being inserted into this um, documents that might have very little true relevance to what actually transpired on November 22nd, uh, 54 years ago. And that, to me, this Hitler in Columbia thing seems like classic conspiracy bait. Um, that is I, I, I'm not. We actually talked about this, I think, a few weeks ago when that story first broke. Um And, you know, n- neither of us really had any true explanation as to why this was even included within the JFK stuff. But it does seem like there is some stuff entered in there that is just meant to distract and, and whatnot. So kind of wanted to get your opinion on that. And then also um, there is this amazing story that is kind of. It's been reported in, in some mainstream publications, but sort of flying under the radar. And that's this idea uh, that they um, they wanted to use Soviet planes to stage false flag attacks within the Soviet Union. So sort of like a tweaked version of Operation Northwoods um, and. uh I mean, that to me is a, a huge, should be a, a huger story, especially given the political context and climate that we're in right now, where, you know, um, Russia as a whole, you know, it's always the Russians, as if the, all Russian people are slaves to Putin and none of them deserve to live. Um, and, and just sort of seeing that, you know, back at the height of the Cold War, we were planning some pretty crazy um uh very you know conspiratorial type uh false flag attacks. Um and, and you know the fact that Newsweek is now, you know, has an, an article where that you know that it's okay to say false flag and and using planes and all that sort of stuff, uh, obviously allusions to nine eleven. But Chuck, I kind of wanted to get your take on uh what I was talking about. You know, that A first this idea of um you know is there should we be careful with all of these documents that are out there? Is there stuff that's designed to be kind of uh, a cul-de-sac for people?
3: Well, okay, let me take this in reverse order because the the Russian question is easier. Mm. Um, The idea that there's not equilibrium between the uh, KGB and the CIA and that uh, for every intelligence agency, we imagine they didn't have some sort of counterpart and therefore agencies that did similar things, um, it just so happens that uh, I, I think we had more money to work with, quite honestly, yeah. so uh, so we did more, <laughs> you know, and uh, there there are certain things that are not permitted in Soviet society, of course, uh, at that time, uh, that, that, you know, alcoholism was just fine, but uh, most other things that were, I don't know, accessible to Americans meant that the agency's darker operations plugged into their society in a different way. Um, so you know to to be shocked or astounded that anything went on you can imagine that almost every uh, uh one of these you know alphabet agencies one way or another has uh, has gone through the operation northwoods phase. I mean mm. uh to to think otherwise I think would be uh, a juvenile. You know, they, they've gone through that. They've gone through the idea and have actually committed, uh, false flag operations at various points in history. I mean, hey, we could look back to World War One if you like, and take a look at the assassination of, you know, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, right? And, uh, and, and there's still questions about that. We can look at our own civil war. We can look at the various assassinations that the CIA had something to do with. And in a couple of cases, uh, some interesting things that have happened in Europe that, I can't really tie to American or Western intelligence, but look awfully fishy as well. Um, and, and that's not to say that the Russians are innocent or I'm, I'm saying that, no, no. you know, as, as clean as you think we are is as clean as they can be. As dirty as you think we are is as dirty as they can be. And, uh, I think they, they've actually just been on a smaller scale because, well, you know, America's all about exporting. What? Democracy, which I guess is code for whatever the hell it is we think is American, Um, because it's not actually democracy if you take a look at the actual definition. But anyway, I digress. Um, Reality speaking back again, you know, when it comes to the JFK stuff, yes, I think there are things that are thrown in there to intentionally distract and be like dog whistles for the conspiracy minded individual out there for certain. But. I also don't believe that the agencies are efficient enough to clean up enough of their own messes because in the documentation, we've also found um, confirmation for things that we've been alleging for many years. Uh, Patricia, excuse me, Priscilla Johnson-McMillan, I keep calling her Patricia. I know why, because I hate the name Patricia. Anyways. <laughs> Priscilla Johnson McMillan, who was Priscilla Johnson, uh interesting lady. Uh, you've seen her on many a Lee Harvey Oswald documentary because she indeed was able to interview him when he was defecting to the USSR and then, of course, coincidentally, winds up being able to talk to him later and then moves in with Marina Oswald post-assassination right. to write the definitive book. Well, you know, for years and years, people like me, Pierce, have been saying – She's a CIA asset. And, um, you know, uh, she denied it. I'm a journalist. I'm an author and, uh, uh, her publishers deny it and PBS uses her and ABC and CBS and everybody goes to every, her.
2: Every, every documentary always every features one. her.
3: Everyone. Turns out, if you take a look at this documentation, we now have proof that she was being utilized, that the CIA literally evaluated her as somebody that would be extremely useful, that they actually turned her down for a job at one point and then seemed to say, well, we could use her a bit and we'll use her while she's in the Soviet Union through our contacts in the consulate. Wait a minute. Who else went through the consulate? Lee Harvey Oswald looks to me like this guy, Snyder, who took Oswald's passport and threw it in a desk drawer might actually be the contact who told priscilla johnson where to find lee harvey oswald to go interview him so coincidentally a cia asset journalist is directed by a cia cover operative in the ussr to talk to the guy who winds up being the lone nut assassin later on while she basically gives mm, the guts and glory of the official narrative regarding lee harvey oswald later on to the american public ever after. Isn't that fascinating in and of itself? And now some of these documents actually show it. Another thing, Hugh Ainsworth. Um, I never had any sort of contact with the CIA. Hugh Ainsworth, assassination witness, allegedly uh, journalist, legendary figure, Dallas Morning News, all that stuff. Turns out he had ties to the CIA. Ready for another one. Okay. <laughs> Charles Cabell.
2: Does that name sound familiar to you? Uh, no, but I'm not, I'm not as up on my JFK stuff as I should be.
3: No, listen, it's, it's real easy to get lost. Once I say it, you'll remember it. Okay, so you know who Alan Dulles was? Yes. Okay, so one of the other people asked to resign uh, after the Bay of Pigs was Charles Cabell. Why? He was uh, a higher up in the agency, wasn't he? And somebody that was being held responsible for that disaster. So at the same time that Dulles is being asked to resign, uh Charles Cabell is. Now, why does the name Cabell sound familiar? It might be because the mayor of Dallas is named Earl Cabell in 1963. <laughs> Um, the allegation from, you know, us kooky conspiracy theorists for all these years is that, uh, maybe since they were brothers, (laughs) the CIA might've had, you know, I don't know, a tentacle there in Dallas via the, uh, a cable connection. And, um. Here's the thing. Turns out, if you look at the documentation carefully, you can now find a trail for that. And Earl Cabell was indeed utilized as an asset by the CIA. It's unspecified as to what he might have been doing. But, yeah, during that time period, he was. Now, funny thing, when I was leaving Dallas (laughs) and – I, I, I noticed the architecture throughout Dallas. It was really interesting, fascinating, Um and, and I'd never taken the time to do this before. So I, I'm walking to the Greyhound Station because, you know, I'm broke. And uh, I'm walking to the Greyhound Station, and I noticed that there is a building there that doesn't seem to fit in with a lot of the other architecture. And it is a true story. I, I did not realize this until I was walking down uh, uh the street. And I look up. And what do I see but the Cabell Federal Building? <laughs> uh, I'm not kidding you. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Google Earth it or whatever the hell it is. Uh, go ahead. Check it out. It's right there by the Greyhound Station, maybe a block away at most. Go ahead and look at it. I'm serious. I looked over. I looked up to my left and blind as I am in big, bold letters, the Cabell Federal Building. Um this is 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 something that that tells you a lot <laughs> okay mm. um and I think there's more to be mined out of what the local connection in dallas was i don 't blame the people of dallas i don 't necessarily blame the police force uh you know there's there's over 700 guys I I had a count at one time that might have gone up to a thousand uh, individuals that could have been working for policing agencies on a local level there but I'm very sure and confident with the number 700 guys that could have been Dallas police officers or working for the department etc cetera, etc cetera. um that's not to say that there was like a large contingent of them or a significant number of them that were working for the assassination that were uh, in on it if you will but, um, it stands to reason mm. that there were more local assets involved than we've been allowed to know about. And, uh, some of those local assets, I think we have already been misled about. Uh, you know, going back to, uh, gee, who was that guy now who was alleged to be Badge Man for a little while? <laughs> you know, mm. di- different, co- by the way, Badge Man is, is not a tenable, um, hypothesis just in case people. Missed that one. Um, it's, it's just, it's just no good. And you know what? There, there, there is still more to be learned. And I I imagine there's some reason why 30,000, let me repeat that 30,000 documents still need to be withheld 54 plus years later. I'm thinking there's got to be a reason. Now there's a lot of connective tissue in these documents as well, a lot of cryptonyms were accidentally, I think, released into the collection. Um a lot of people that are tangentially connected um to the agency like JC King and uh you know and and uh, well not to the agency, to the assassination in one way or another, uh things that are related to David Atlee Phillips, things that are related to uh you know James Jesus Angleton mm-hmm. uh some of that stuff is creating some tangential documentation, which leads in interesting directions. Actually, there's a significant portion of files there that if somebody wanted to collect them, uh, they could look at, well, probably paperclip 2.0 because, uh, there's a whole bunch of Nazi guys that, that were being taken into the agency that were previously unknown, and including a guy who they put in charge of. I love this one. They put in charge of surveillance. <laughs> Okay. In one of the Soviet bloc states like surveillance for the agency, who mm. was completely paranoid and thought that he was being surveilled at all times. Um, he was deemed as almost unusable for, you know, intelligence work. But they put him in charge of surveillance uh, <laughs> under the, Great. you know, new Nazi adaptations. So I, I, I thought that was really, really wonderfully ironic. But then again, these are the people who put out an assassination guide. Uh, literally, you know, for an internal agency document where it gives you all the specifics about who to hire, how to hire, what types of weapons to use, how to choose a patsy, everything. And, uh, meanwhile, you know, one of the passages specifically says, and never commit anything to paper. Yeah. You hear right. that silence? Never commit anything to, p- I'm reading it. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I love the CIA. So. When, when you, when you think about the, the omnipresent agency that's all powerful, all knowing and able to operate with absolute efficiency, not always so. Mm. (laughs) Okay. Mm. So, you know, there, there's, there's chances for many things here. And honestly, I'm still digging and so is anybody who's being honest. I mean, even a cursory view of this stuff gives you, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, some, what, what, what would be the, uh, the psychological version of vertigo i'm not sure but whatever it is it begins to twist your mind around trying to read through this uh, incomprehensible pile of stuff um which is you know literally millions of pages by the time you're done cross referencing everything so okay now i'll shut up pierce i wanted to give people hmm. a little bit of hope though and fully answer what you were saying
2: no no and uh, excellent answer and i i uh, of course would urge and you know this is so early days. I, I mean, there's no way that anyone has gone through all these documents. Um, there's, you know, there's no way that uh, everyone has even gone, you know, uh, the documents that I've looked at, I mean, I again, just sort of browsed them. You know, I wasn't even looking at them with any real sort of, you know, with a magnifying glass, just trying to sort of pick things out. So there's I'm sure there's going to be, ton, I mean, there's tons and tons of stuff for researchers, uh journalists and what not to kind of go through and, and and pick apart and, um you know, and I think we'll obviously we'll see we'll start seeing strands of this, as you said, the kind of paperclip 2.0, which maybe that explains a bit uh, why they're you know, they have some uh, asset in Colombia that claim to know where Hitler was. I mean, maybe that is, uh you know, tangentially connected to all of the Nazis that we were, you know, uh, vacuuming up at right. the end of uh, World War Two and into the 50s. Uh, you know, so there's a lot there. And, um, I, another thing I wanted to,
3: uh, just sort well, of. Well, one, one, let me, let me posit one more thing about this stuff sure. when you see things from South America that are connected. Um, one must keep in mind, we remember the, uh, Iran Contra thing, right? And how, gee, you know, it seems as though during the Reagan administration, there was all these guys that we had down there doing all these things that wound up, uh, leading into drug running and gun running, right? and uh, and then of course the uh, the other deal with the iranians and <clears throat> excuse me you know giving over weapons for hostages and whatever we know about that intrigue but you know you don't just show up in 1981 and say hi guys let's deal coke and guns <laughs> there there has to have been an established connection to some other people, you know, you don't get in. Let's just say you don't get to sit down, which is another thing that refreshed my memory this week. You don't get to sit down with, uh you know, you don't get to sit down with John Gotti and have him talk to you uh, confidently unless somebody knows who you are. Right. You don't get to sit down with Manuel Noriega. And discuss exactly what's happening or, you know, any of the guys who's in one of the other drug running organization. Doesn't matter. You don't get to sit down and do that because, hi, I'm here to do business with you. I have money. That doesn't work. <laughs> OK, you have to establish relationships. So how far back do those relationships go and how many more things might be uncovered? I mean, remember, without the church committee, uh, you know, without the Rockefeller Commission, without the Pike Commission, uh, the American public would probably still have no idea that we unsuccessfully attempted to kill this little guy named Castro on an island called Cuba for years and years. And also, you know, we, we, we committed acts of terrorism, trying to spread, oh, I don't know, disease, trying to destroy crops, trying to, uh, subvert their people. I mean, the, the, these are well if, if that was another organization trying to do that to americans or something like that we might think of them as oh i don't know terrorists but uh no the u.s government did this stuff and had assassination plots and if you don't believe me uh, again internet search let's see here's a key phrase zr rifle go look that up if you want um the point is that when you look at the, uh, the South American connection and gee, is this Hitler here? It's a picture. Uh, this is a snitch informant who's telling us that he heard that there's a guy that should be Hitler. You know what? It's all secondhand hearsay stuff that's being reported. And yes, indeed, there's a guy who looks like Hitler, but wasn't there supposed to be doubles for the guy too? Don't forget. And we do know about the different rat lines and the, uh, gee, what did they used to call that? Uh, there was a phrase. That went along for those, uh, for those interesting little rat lines that they hid Nazi war criminals with, which by the way, the, the, the Vatican was <laughs> fully involved with too. Um, yeah. what, what, what did they used to call that? Gee, there was a, a phrase for it. Uh, Pierce, do you remember? Ah, uh, it's escaping me right now. You know what I'm talking about though. Yeah. The yeah, general yeah. Blanket. Like, like when I say paperclip, um, to be honest, it's not necessarily operation paperclip. There's other things going on that you could put right in that little folder of research, though, because, uh gee, do you think we only went and got intelligence assets from the Third Reich? Or do you think maybe some of the people that work in our pharmaceutical companies? Do you think maybe some of the people that work in, oh, I don't know, industries like psychiatry? Do you think maybe we got a little bit of medical knowledge? Do you think maybe we got a little bit of who knows what we actually recruited and pulled in and gave new identities to. Uh, meanwhile, again, remember this, too. Um, when you're taking a look at uh, the context, right, you know, certain Warren Commission people knew about all this stuff Uh when they were investigating the Kennedy assassination. This is another reason why it's tangentially connected. You think Alan Dulles and <laughs> his brother didn't know about this stuff going on? Uh, wrong, and the other thing is John J. McCloy was what the uh, the the chancellor of uh, post war Germany and was sitting there commuting death sentences of Nazi war criminals uh, in order for what so they could be acquired. And uh, again, back to the point about the Soviets, it's not like they weren't trying to do the same thing. Um, so it wasn't just an American thing although I do feel as though American industrialists planted the seeds and they just simply wanted to reap the benefits and so did our government. But, hey, again, I'm a conspiracy theorist. So go ahead, Pierce. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, a lot to chew over there. Um, but, uh I mean, I guess one thing that, that just keeps kind of uh jumping out at me um, just in that, you know, I, I, I asked you a, a fairly straightforward question, and suddenly, you know, we're uh, my mind is already thinking about all, all the, you know, Nazis and uh, questionable people that, um, you know, sort of slipped into American society, and that of course then raises the question of, you know, how much of our current society was sort of shaped, um, not just by Nazis, but I mean shaped or, or at least massaged by, um, you know, a, a lot of people uh yeah at the CIA i mean we we could talk about the whole sort of cultural cold war uh, in terms of films uh you know the influence the agency had in in motion pictures in modern art uh in literature particularly leftist literature at that time so you know there's so many far reaching questions um with all this so, and you know we're just sort of starting to begin to see some of this uh, exposed in the in these documents. So I mean, I, I, one thing is, that, uh, how do you feel in terms of uh, how we've kind of progressed? Because in terms of let's just you know uh, very specifically with the JFK stuff. Because th- as you said, there's some really huge revelations in here, or at least some huge confirmation that as you you know that you're not a kook, Chuck. That what you've been saying right. uh, all these years is actually. Totally adds up and is totally backed up by documentation i mean talking about some of these so called you know journalists that sort of double as c i a assets i mean that is a huge thing and that is something that certainly uh is a uh you know it's a serious accusation i think it sometimes it gets thrown around too much you know um and um. Uh, you know, I'm sure you've oh, yeah. suffered this. You know, I'm I've been called CIA or Mossad and this, that, and the other thing. You know, whatever. It's a very, it's a very, you know, a, a derogatory term that gets thrown around a lot. But there are instances where it's totally 100 percent true, and um, is uh, there's a, a much larger reason for that. So, how do you see this, you know, uh, from a, a slightly a higher up view? Uh, not talking as a, a JFK researcher, because sadly, I don't see these documents making quite as big an impact on the general public as one would think. And my the, the, my sort of knee-jerk reaction to why that is is, well, because, you know, everybody is too angry at Trump and the, the sort of – this miasma that has followed the Trump presidency is just – it still permeates, you know what I mean? People are either so angry or they're in such denial that they're, you know, they're, they're just happy. Everything is wonderful. Uh, you know, and they're unable to, to sort of, uh, see the reality, but people are sort of so stuck in those mindsets that huge things like all of these documents coming out are just, nobody really cares. I mean, I don't know. Is that your sense, Chuck, or am I being just overly pessimistic?
3: Well, no, I don't think you're being overly pessimistic because what was strategically done here and is observable, again, stepping back as much as I can, is that uh, while we are digging through these things and discovering this stuff, the corporate media is not going to cover it, okay? It's just not going to happen. Um, they're, they're going to allow a little bit of something to be said in the very earliest time period when nobody's had the opportunity to actually go through them. And by the time we get these things together, we are, again, these lone voices out there saying, I have documentation. And other people are going <laughs> to say, well, that should have made headline news. It didn't. So. There goes half of your crowd right there, right, that are going to say, well, you know, now I got to read through this stuff. And I actually have to understand what he's saying because somebody didn't put it together in a 10 minute bit for me, you know, or or in a five minute piece for me on TV. So I I don't get it. You know, they didn't make a YouTube video that was only three minutes long. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes you can't because there's a bunch of pieces to be put together in a puzzle. Now, it's interesting to me that, uh, again, with the Hollywood thing, uh, there you go, another corridor of our society that could be permeated by individuals that were recruited from outside. What were the Nazis very good at, again, objectively? Well, I could say that they had some very good filmmakers and they had some very good propagandists because to this day, people are still debating why the German population acquiesced to X, Y, Z, why it is they put up with this, that and the third thing, why it is they allowed one man to seize power, even though there was a structure of government there previously, that shouldn't have had that happen. How did all this happen? people are still asking that question. And, you know, it's being debated by mainstream historians and even conspiracy theorists some of them you know claim Hitler's a hero now but regardless uh, there's a debate how did this all come about it seems as though there is a bit of a uh, an art form to propaganda to the dissemination of information that if you bury things in the right way you can do it right in front of you know the majority of the crowd and most people are not going to catch the magician's trick as I said, with the initial document dump here, now we're going to return to JFK. With the initial document dump, they immediately had on, what, the usual suspects, the Gerald Posner's, the, you know, whatever. Oh, nothing to see here. It was all Oswald. Here's some more crap. And, oh, hopefully these conspiracy theorists will stop now. But I don't think they will because they enjoy this. Uh, actually, I don't. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a joy for me. Um, and, and it's not a joy for most of us. It's one of those things where we have a mission and we want to accomplish it. And some people spend their entire lifetimes accomplishing very little or putting things together that hardly anybody knows about, you yeah. know. Um, but the reality is that uh, we, we want the truth. We demand it. and uh, And we believe that it is attainable. Now, is it attainable solely through your government? No. <laughs> so anybody who's waiting for that, you know, oh, wow, the CIA lays it out right here. Here's the killers and here's who paid for it. And that's not going to happen. But uh it is going to be people like me and people like uh, much smarter than me <laughs> that are going to put these things together. And uh, and, and eventually we're going to have something where it's going to be like, hey, listen, here's all this documentation. You're only missing a couple of pieces to the puzzle. And there's a reason why those pieces are missing now. The narrative is going to be controlled. It's been controlled, and the crash was even controlled here regarding these documents because, first of all, they withheld some. They played a little shell game. You know, Trump tells his uh, true believers that he released everything, so they're checked off the list. Most people that rely on the mainstream media believe that this already happened. It's over and done with. They're checked off the list regardless of what their partisanship is. And who does that leave? Well, that leaves those of us outside of the box. And some of us outside of the box are being misdirected to think that this is actual proof of and we're being given what? Oh, right. Those poorly supported theoretical things so that they can collapse of their own volition later on. So what is left then among the entire populace of people that are even bothering to listen now? Because how complex is this mess? Hmm. Not very many people are left to care. This is why we have to keep it going and keep the conversation going. And this is why, uh, for as long as I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do, uh, you know, this has to be part of the conversation. I, I am not gonna let go of this, of this bone. You know, I am that dog that will not let go of the bone. And, uh, until I am bones, <laughs> you know, and hopefully somebody else, another dog will come along and take my bone and eventually, We'll be able to bury that sucker. So that that's that's where I'm at with it. I hope I answered your question as fully as possible. I think it was necessary to address the propaganda and dissemination and controlled media side of it, because this is the truth uh, that 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 people are ignoring. That's right in front of their faces. Like I said, they can go find out for themselves right now that I'm telling you that. Oh, well, gee, they said they released, you know, three thousand and twelve thousand and yeah. Okay. So put them all together. If they released 20,000, they didn't even give you half of what we know is there. And here's the problem. A whole lot of stuff. We don't know what's in it. We don't know what's actually behind the walls. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. reason why it's classified is because, well, that's classified. <laughs> yeah, and right, yeah. how many things are classified? I can't tell you. Why is that? Cause it's classified. This is the circular. Dog chasing his tail. I know I'm doing dogs here a lot, but it's because mine barked a few times. The dog chasing the tail is what we're meant to keep doing, and uh, I, I'm I'm not about that. I think that we uh, we still have the opportunity and the ability to get to the bottom of a lot of things, and it's great to have some of these confirmations, Pearson. I'm sure there's more of those coming, but. Is anybody going to notice? Is it just going to be us who's going to have to keep pushing this boulder up the hill to let people know this stuff? Is it just going to be James Corbett that, you know, really wants to interview me about this? Is it just going to be you that wants to talk to me about this? Or can we get this out to everybody? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to battle the entire system because, like I said, corporate media, the government control, then you have the controlled opposition. Gee, what's left. Well, there's a couple of random idiots I guess that listen to my show, and I love you guys for it because you're actually searching for something different. And there's a couple of others that listen to your show, and I love you guys too because again, if you're listening to Pierce Redmond, you're thinking for yourself. Congratulations. But there's very few of us out here actually trying to do work, Pierce.
2: So, oh, yeah. There no, you go. And, well, absolutely. And I was just going to say, I mean, the um it seems like that, you know, unfortunately that audience is diminishing, uh, more and more as we become, uh, just turned into these politicized, uh, robots, uh, for, you know, whatever the, 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 you know, the latest stupid fucking political crazes and we all have to kind of just jump on that bandwagon. Uh, so anyway, Chuck Ocelli, uh, thank you for joining me. Of course, uh, you can find all of Chuck's work at Ocelli.com and I will be on Chuck's show, uh, later tonight. So, t- uh, definitely tune into that. But anyway, I will be, uh, back in a few minutes with more on, uh, the Bin Laden file. So stay tuned.
4: I like very much
0: radio. You're an American institution. American Freedom Radio.
1: American Survival Wholesale is a proud sponsor of the American Freedom Radio. And when you purchase quality products from americansurvivalwholesale.com, you help support this program. Our quality non GMO foods do not contain MSG, high fructose corn syrup, or heavy metals. At American Survival Wholesale, you can choose from over 8,000 quality products, including self-defense weapons, bug-out bags, and long-term storable food at wholesale prices. We also have custom food packs available, including gluten-free, dairy-free, and vegetarian packs. If we don't have it, you don't need it. American Survival Wholesale is a veteran-owned and operated company which also supports our veterans in need, and we are very active in disaster relief. If you would like to become a distributor, please email us at USA.com or call 818-720-0759. We offer free consultations to answer all your questions. Do it today while things are calm. That's americansurvivalwholesale.com.
2: This is Rick Simpson, and you're listening to American Freedom Radio.
0: And i hope people support american freedom radio and i hope people vote with their dollars and really understand the value of having american freedom radio because that's my family if you love me at all jack blood support american freedom radio like my family has literally disowned me (laughs) american freedom radio danny and don and those guys those are my actual family So please, please support these guys because they have all the technology, they have all these great things that they're going to do, but obviously they can't do it all by themselves. So not only would I like to see you support them, I'd like to see you retweet them and repost them and really get involved and get on the bandwagon, so to speak, on doing that do-it-yourself promotion, because they're a do-it-yourself radio network, and uh, and we just need that so much.
4: I don't like words that hide the truth. I don't like words that conceal reality. I don't like euphemisms. And American English is loaded with euphemisms. Because Americans have a lot of trouble dealing with reality. Americans have trouble facing the truth. So they invent a kind of a soft language to protect themselves from it. I'll give you an example of that. When I was a little kid, if I got sick, they wanted me to go to the hospital and see the doctor. Now they want me to go to a health maintenance organization. Smug, greedy, well-fed white people have invented a language to conceal their sins, it's as simple as that. The CIA doesn't kill anybody anymore, they neutralize people. The government doesn't lie, it engages in disinformation. Israeli murderers are called commandos. Arab commandos are called terrorists. Contra-killers are called freedom fighters. Well, if crime fighters fight crime and firefighters fight fire, what do freedom fighters fight? They never mention that part of it to us, do they? Never mention that part of
5: it. You're listening to AmericanFreedomRadio.com, the network who perseveres in delivering intelligent debate, constructive dialogue with true independence. The freedom to broadcast the truth is not free at all. So what is American Freedom Radio worth to you? The empowering information with fun, honest, and pure integrity behind it provides an example to follow, friendships to flourish, with the moral altruism that pulls no punches. The hosts sacrifice and show remarkable discipline in their duty to deliver quality radio and service to the community with strength, wisdom, and loyalty. The founders of AFI wish to thank you personally for sharing your views and insights to make the best radio and alternative media. Now it's time for you to give something back and play a vital role in the future of America. Be as generous with us as we've been with you. Click on the Donate banner at AmericanFreedomRadio.com or volunteer by emailing AmericanFreedomRadio.com. Vaccine, psychotropic drugs, and artillery batteries not included. Launch
1: sequence, We're now in the approach phase, everything
0: looking good. Freedom Radio Hawkins Policy Radio Offering a unique perspective on everything Geopolitics Culture creation The reality of the world we live in Alive from New York City. Your host, Pierce Redman.
2: Okay, everybody, welcome back to Porkins Policy Radio. I am your host, Pierce Redman. Uh, if you are joining us right now, uh, you've uh, you've got me solo again for a full hour. But in the first hour, we were talking with our good friend Chuck Ocelli, all about the. Uh, uh, JFK Lancer Conference, of course, where Chuck spoke, and uh, about this uh, document dump of JFK files, and that's going to uh, be a bit of a segue for our topic here in the second hour, but uh, very quickly, I just wanted to um, a bit of housekeeping and stuff, because people have been asking me, um, so the, if you've signed up on Patreon or been on my Patreon recently, you will notice that uh, some of the rewards have changed a little bit, so obviously... For a dollar a month, you get access to the bonus podcast, and uh, all the way up at the five dollar level, which is now the uh, gold level. I know these names are really—I just wanted to, you know, separate this. So it's like bronze, silver, gold. I know it's like really dumb. Well, I'll think of some more clever names for the uh, reward. uh, uh, What are levels? But uh, at the gold level, uh, at $5 a month, you get to vote on upcoming topics on the show. So some people have asked me how that's going to work out, and I'll try to finally do a full explainer and put it up on Patreon. But for everybody that's sort of uh, interested in that, so basically, um, patrons will vote on future topics for me to cover here on the show uh And hopefully that will be on the live show, but it might be you know maybe sometimes it might just be for uh patreon subscribers We'll figure that out um as we as we move along but uh basically we'll I will offer up some ideas on shows that i'm interested in doing that haven't and I wanna hear from all of you out there as well so if you are a uh i guess technically anybody can send in ideas um, uh, or any, anybody on Patreon can send in ideas. Um, and we'll keep it to just Patreon people. Uh, and then we'll, we'll kind of narrow it down, uh, to maybe like three or four, and then everybody at the $5 level will get to vote on topics. Um, I will say that if you're at the $5 level, you're going to get preferential treatment. So, uh, you know, your ideas will be, uh, you know, featured first and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that works. Uh, I know people are a little sometimes hesitant to offer up suggestions and stuff like that, but please don't be. Uh, and, uh, basically you can send me all of that kind of stuff through, uh, Patreon messenger. That's the easiest way. It's okay. If you want to email me, that's, that's always fine as well. But I think on Patreon, it'll be a little simpler that way. So basically if you're at the $5 level, Please send me uh some ideas for shows you'd like me to cover. Uh and again if you're a subscriber on Patreon, feel free to send me some ideas as well and we'll we'll toss those around.